Good evening. Good morning. Good all times of the day world. This is Centered Subject, the hour of existential entertainment coming to you from New York City. And I'm Yelena, and so happy to be in the physical presence of my dear co-host Jenny, and also our illustrious guest <laughs> from previous shows, Emily Curtin, is with us today as well. So thrilled to be here. Yes, so. yeah. Hi. Hi. Good day. Good evening. Yeah. <laughs> day. Um, yeah, so we're here today to discuss rentals, the way that renting and subscriptions have permeated our lives. Yeah. I have many subscriptions, personally. You do? <laughs> I oh, do, dear. actually, have, yeah. Well, I think I saw, I thought about it when I was, um, it was the day before I was leaving LA, I was driving around and I saw this big truck in Silver Lake and it said Furnish on it. F-E-R-N-I-S-H. Yeah, uh-huh. sponsored by Furnish. <laughs> what is Furnish? So it's a company that you can rent furniture as a subscription. So basically, you can subscribe to a couch. Subscribe to a couch. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. So you you know you sort of pick a couch. So the idea is that you don't need to buy it. Yeah. That you can you know subscribe to this couch for four months and then mm. oh you can then if your taste cancel your subscription exactly you can subscribe to a different couch. Okay. Mm. Yeah, right. And so you don't own it. So you could have like a summer oh, couch with like bamboo, right. and then you could maybe like a linen. Right. It does seem that easy. I'm not sure if it, but possibly it you is. Could, I think yeah, they, yeah. they do propose a kind you of. You give them. Of, yeah, I looked at. I was trying to buy a bed, and you looked. I looked at a couple of those services, and mm-hmm. the reason I didn't go for it is because you had to pay a hundred dollars a month yeah. so that they can to to be whatever. part of it at all. But then that kind of handled. It does sound like we're advertising right now. I'll just put that out there um but i decided not to be furnish call us yeah <laughs> no i don't like no furnish furnish okay. fix the name of your service a okay and so what so you have to pay, you have to pay a hundred dollars yeah just for the privilege it, of being part of yeah furnish so totally so it ended not up not them i think though no yeah they are there is like a minimum Do they amount have, like get-togethers like why is it? <laughs> it it's that you get the idea with the one that i looked at was that you get access to higher cost stuff okay mm-hmm. for a lower cost if uh-huh. you are part of the rental program which i believe is the same as like rent a center like the traditional furniture yeah, rental yeah, yeah. which is actually a really big scam on poor people where they can't actually afford you know yeah, they don't right, have right. chunks of five hundred dollars or whatever so you have to get cheaper stuff and yeah. pay like a lot well all rate. of it is like yeah that. no it's the Everything same is, yeah this it's is targeted towards it. like a more upscale like, right. bougie kind yeah. of talent so, they're yeah. trying to make it seem that way but in the end it's sort of the same business model I think yeah. and nobody has but, savings but fashionable right lines of furniture you know right. nice okay. designs okay so right. you can kind of participate in the attractive looking life mm-hmm. for an affordable right, like amount bird monthly, cages you know? are in like right, you yeah. get a bird cage for like two months cheap, yeah you have cheap uh-huh. cheap yeah. bird cages you can you never represent that reality for a little while or you can be like you know you just have like yeah. parents coming from out of town right. for a month you just no, oh no, you pretend no I wonder you, you can like sort nice of pretend stuff. you can but no that doesn't really work because you sort of subscribe right. I don't think you can cancel it at that I also thought it, I, I was also thinking about it being targeted to young people coming to the major cities for the first time and this sense of like setting up your new identity and then I imagine I have all these issues with like 
rental prices in different neighborhoods and like new people coming in and paying so much more money so there's this like influx of people moving to the city yeah to the you know to LA and New York and, and major cities and so what do they need they don't need to build up their money they, over time and like go to vintage stores and be poor and then develop you know money They're aesthetic through finding an identity I think also right. through choice in a way it That's kind right. of flattens those exactly. choices it presents you with like three couches you know four right. tables and, three identities you know, and then oh are we saying furnish doesn't have a good selection they just have I mean, it's a limited, all of these services, I think that's a critique maybe that we're laying out, that it's like a very limited idea of what the identity wow. of the... Well, they curate pers- a kind of right. gen, you know, generic, attractive identity, yeah, and you pick from that, and so instead of oh. developing your own style by going to... Right, yeah. Uh, or developing, you could say also, or developing a new aesthetic that would be like the it's future a, of aesthetics, yeah, you know. Yeah, it contributes to the homogenization of yeah, like, exactly. taste. Yeah. Right. Right. Which is totally happening anyway. Well, with like the airspace, like mm-hmm. the the aesthetic that you see in all cafes, basically mm-hmm. like everywhere. That's so I right. feel like it's maybe you'd identify it with like New York or LA or something. Mm-hmm. But like, we, I mean, like we see it in Minsk and Edinburgh, like, anywhere. Yeah, just the, or even just like the middle of nowhere yeah. in the US. Like, yeah, yeah. yeah. Right. The gloss bulb. The subway tile. The philodendron. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, the repurpose like. Yeah metal piping and yeah. a couple books for show obviously no one's going to read them an exposed them. wall <laughs> right the brick yeah. is that going out what about the um, the concrete like, cafeteria like board with like the letters that oh, like, click into yeah. place poor cafeteria board yeah. I think <laughs> that can I think went away yeah it can it can go back asleep and come back because I think that's a good standard yeah. a good standard one. I know. I mean, I think that there's something here about just aesthetics. I think that like fashion has like risings and fallings through time. Yeah. So I think you know that's happening, but there is something about the homogenization of the buying systems or stores that has changed. Mm-hmm. You know, and I don't know. It's a function. What I'm not sure what it's a function of, but it is. There are less people being okay with setting out their own aesthetics and it's surprising to see that this these kinds of things are like more are popular i'm wondering if there are actually well, there's popular. an ease of life i think that mm. it promises you get to supposedly spend less time bothering with boring things like moving furniture or picking your outfits because you know your algorithm or curator will mm. do it for you so yeah it's it's sort of promises some some kind of blissfully free freedom from tediousness so you're sort of outsourcing that kind of like creative choice choice I mean right self-creation choice I think it also presupposes that you have some sort of higher purpose you know I think it promises everyone that Uh, once they don't spend their time moving furniture they can finally focus on their novel the baby. Yeah. The couch is really <laughs> choosing a couch is what's getting in your way of writing your novel. Yes. That's oh, okay. Right. So you don't have to do these like micro creative tasks. You can save that. Right. Yeah. It's more important. Mm. So yeah. That's like Trump's view of like exercise, right? Like you have a finite amount of energy that you can use, and if you exercise, <laughs> that'll take away okay. from like. Oh. I mean, maybe if you're making like creative decisions, that can inform other creative. I I think it's we must all be connected, and also I think to just be able to function in the world like you have to have some basic skills if 
if someone else does everything for I, you, picks that, your clothes right. and picks your, you know, that's right. delivers your furniture, your resilience and resourcefulness just kind of plummets. Yeah, that's I think. true, right? You can't because you, you you can't take care of you it. You won't be able to write a novel because you don't you, you won't right. be able to describe the scene when he passionately uh, carried the sofa upstairs that's right. for her, and it has to, to be how horrible. Much he loved her totally. You it know? has to suck, and you have to find on the street and that's took right. it apart piece by piece, and then reconstructed it. That's right. In a completely different. No. Um, I have to say, I'm looking at the ratchet that I used to build my bed that I ordered, not from a service, but I did get a bed. And congratulations! I feel really proud of myself. I built a bed. I cool. will, if either of you and nice. any of my friends who are listening need help building a bed, I really, <laughs> I really enjoyed it. Okay. Like I've been like desiring this like intimacy with life, right? This like I want to make a dress. Uh-huh. I had my experience of oh, like nice. ratcheting things and building something that I now use, and I feel really good. So. Yeah, that's how IKEA got. I know we had this conversation about, early, early in the, in the beginning of our Wait, podcasting you journey. Assembled a bed, or you built it from scratch? I wish I built it from scratch. Oh, okay. I, I built, I assembled you the assembled. one that was sent to me in a box. <laughs> yeah. So okay. I participated, not quite in a subscription, but in the evil part of things, I suppose. <laughs> you need a bed, <laughs> huh? I did need a bed, but um, I did. Yeah, it was it was better, I think, to do it myself and to have it, you know. But what was the point that it's we funny made? Funny that you called it evil. Well, the point about the IKEA is that um, one of the reasons why they're so successful is because they give people this sense of accomplishment, right? You know? So oh, that is, really? Yes, it. it's one of the it's one of the kind of oh. aspects of their existence. So yes, it's right. useful to have it flat, but then there's sort of like this added quality of Effort. you know, person has a hand in it somehow. So there's a it's personalization. Oh, okay. I thought everyone hated assembling IKEA. Well, they sure. they do, but then when, when they it's feel done, it's like you so feel like I made it to the other side. <laughs> That's right. That's how I feel, but I have this other part of it where uh, I don't know. It was. It, I really enjoyed it. I think I want to just do more things that are that concrete or something. Stuff, it's yeah. just so physical. It's satisfying. You know, when you're finished assembling mm-hmm. something. Yeah. But I think some creative endeavors you don't really know when right. it's not as obvious yeah the in the beginning and the the middle and the end and the challenge i wanted to maybe i'm changing the subject to thinking about why these subscription services or if we're focusing on like furnish are popular partly because people don't have an accumulate being able to accumulate the capital Mm -hmm. to make an expensive purchase but i mean i think it's pretty also very clearly related to the like sort of precarious gig economy Mm -hmm. and the fact that yeah in like whatever digital nomads people are moving around all the time mm-hmm. and they're like why do I want to buy this thing that right. then I'm going to have to get rid of when I leave or whatever or exactly. put in storage because I'm like about yeah. to go teach English in Japan yeah. or <laughs> yeah. True. and so they're meeting that need move to yeah. LA mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah, yeah and also it's interesting how there's a subscription for anything really now right so what else? Yeah, because yeah. you're on top of this. This is well. I was trying to make a list, and so I have. You know, obviously, there's the food subscription. So there are all these pre-made uh, meals right. that can come to your house. Someone brought mm-hmm. one of those into my house today, this morning. I tried Wait, that, but also those things like for assemblers, like you mm-hmm. maybe, Jenny. Mm-hmm. Assembly with the no, like a blue the is kit, it like blue ribbon. Or yeah, yeah. there's several of them, but yeah, where they also kind of teach you how to cook. 
Right. They sort of, I mean, that's an interesting part where there's like an element to it that if I was 22 and I had never cooked before, it actually will teach you to cook without you being given the knowledge by like a family member or right. like, like a part of you. for cooking. Yeah, it is. For a, for a solitary person or for what like a few people you can define. What is it called? Is it called Blue, Blue, Blue Apron? Blue, Blue Apron. Apron. Thank you. But they, apparently they like individually package like a teaspoon of salt. It's terrible. Yes. It's yes. terrible. That's why I don't do it because there's so much waste. You're like, who would buy salt? I mean, I might move to. <laughs> I yeah. might move across the world tomorrow, so I won't invest in like a can of salt and like some measuring spoons. Bottle of sesame, or they, they yeah, they give you like a ta- ta- like a pad of butter or something. Right. Like yeah. Non-committal. Yeah. Hilarious. Yeah. Yeah. It's part of this non-committal. Totally. And yeah, you get to have this gorgeous meal, but you have no idea. I mean, part of what making a meal like that, you know, part of what makes it so valuable is you go to the, the interesting store and you have to go search it out and find it and <laughs> That's hang what we out call the grocery store the interesting. No, I mean like like the the blue apron stuff has very and interesting. Like sort of yeah, yeah, so then like there's this whole thing and you can do it in New York oh, and it's yeah. so fun right. where you go yeah, and learn and talk to people yeah. find and it's it. awkward and all these subscription services basically lead to you sitting at home yeah. putting makeup on cooking from <laughs> because you also can get the makeup subscription box. That's right. Oh uh, yeah, okay, but then you don't send that back, right? You don't rent to like no, lipstick. No. Well, neither do the blue apron. You don't send you don't send it back. Right. You know you're you're like you know what? Gross. I have your excrement. I had black Sorry. pepper already at home, so I'm just gonna yeah. Here things. you go. You can have that back. So I'm gonna send that back and get a 20 percent coupon towards my credit towards my next order. Awesome. But I think you said that like you're gonna make these gorgeous meals. My theory is that the kind of people that buy these things are probably not even capable of like putting it together and like, mm-hmm. making it taste good you know what right. I mean so probably so if you're that inexperienced maybe you and, like, put it all in microwave together spoiled and, like, and like, waste yeah. yeah it's so much better than the mac and cheese person really like it is better uh-huh. but right that's really making no, no, mac and cheese no hate no I'm not talking about I'm talking about like the shitty mac like I have a relative who just makes huge mac and cheese and puts like loads of garlic powder in it and that's like his food I hate garlic Always, yeah. yeah, right. But which is Such fine. Sh- short, I disapprove of the shortcut. Mm. It's it's ignorance though to some extent. It's kind of like the thing. I think he just wasn't taught how to cook, and no, he didn't want to learn. Oh, it's how. not good. I thought it was yeah. good. I just wanted to interject. Oh, okay, that I don't like yeah. Oh, you don't think it's so? It's like it's good. a. I feel like the. I hope he's not going to listen to this. He's I know, I'm a little nervous. He knows how I feel about his mac okay. and cheese. It's it's one of my relatives. It's no no problem. Okay. Um, he it's doesn't garlic wanna, enough. He doesn't want to cook. What? Garlic enough. Yeah. No. But, like, these are the versions of him that are younger, I think. And so they don't know what to do. And so, in a way, it's better because they're getting more interesting, like, culinary experiences. And they're ending up with more cooking skills at the end than, like, somebody in 1985 who was like, I don't know how to cook. I'll just dump this in this, you know. So it's better a little bit. I don't know. Maybe it's okay. that thing so also it walks where you through some st- it like I don't know. Yeah, it gives you a little bit of you to experiment with new ingredients. Yeah, and like teaches you a bit about there is a little more intimacy in it than previous cooking maybe. Um, but that's kind of like with the IKEA of yeah. No, you're just you're just all about the assembly life, <laughs> I, right? And, or, or like some intimacy, like there has it to be. It tires peace. me to think about it when I imagine you know imagine the box coming with all the little packaging. I hate packaging, right? So for me, it would just be you know what you can hire, so you can rent someone to open all the packaging for you. Oh yeah, and like recycle I it. I've, I've recently yeah. rented someone to bring up something from my car. Um, <laughs> what? Really? Oh my god. It was yeah. very heavy. I couldn't lift it up. Oh, okay, yeah. okay. I thought so you were just like sitting in your apartment. <laughs> I'm like, 
That's amazing. Like, like next level. Like, I really didn't want to leave my house. I mean, which is what oh these my It's coming. How did you coming. let the person in your car without leaving? leaving your yeah, house? I left the apartment, of course. You, you went to your car. Oh, they, yeah, you I were like, he came up. Alexa, open went to my car. This nice man to get this box for me. I said this beautiful. Speaking of, so Alexa is a recurring motif on our podcast. I'm away from her right now. She's back in Los Angeles. But yesterday I went to the art book fair here in New York, mm-hmm. piece one, and I saw this really delightful book, which was um, basically the prompt was asking children to draw what Alexa looks like. Oh my <laughs> and god! And then they did, and it was just so what you know, she looks like. She looks like basically, you know, a beautiful girl with like kind of like cyber with like um, I think ideas of networks or internet you know she's like there's oh, a yeah, kind of right. there's these kind of interconnected things usually I love and you know and like a little bit robot-esque right. but still like very beautiful um, all of them I mean, like long Perfect. hair and um, she's an angel colorful yeah. really cute cyber yeah but I, it, it was nice to see the representation of her yeah, yeah. she I, needs to be embodied <laughs> you can also rent a friend in Japan Mm-hmm. And a family. Yeah. What, Imagine um, if you could just what rent if a whole apartment. Like the friend. With rent. Well, how do you rent? Can you explain more about renting the friend? Yeah, a lot of people are very it's lonely. Not they work. Not sexual. People uh, work really long hours. Um, feel uh-huh. isolated. Don't have time to sort of make friends. You know, like their relationships at work are too formal. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, and so, you know, some people don't have friends, and they kind of reach out to these services to find someone that had a nice conversation has I want my job to just be like a friend yeah. you want to be around a friend yeah yeah yeah, yeah. that's a, you could do it <laughs> yeah be fun you just ask questions yeah. I want to go to the training well, I want to rent some boyfriends also I want to yeah. you know bring my own like version of like yeah. Blue Apron that's awesome go to people's houses cook I'll have my back to them. They can tell me their problems. My back will be like to this. You have so. to turn your, your your back. They can, yeah. Then they can talk about whatever. Then I eat the meal, and then I'll leave. I yeah. love it. That's. Well, we were talking about. Uh, we were trying to go through all the different rentals, and we decided that of course, uh, sex work is the original rent a friend. Yeah. And like the oldest rental of a person, or really kind of anything in uh-huh. the history, but you can take sex work away it's like human work and turn it into making someone food and talking to them and it just yeah. like like there's sex work is so popular mm-hmm. that it seems like this kind of thing could be just as popular or maybe it is yeah. maybe there is a like an arena of sex work to some extent where it's like well, you just do that and that's all it is i mean know? i think what about like phone sex i mean i think that seems to be a big part of sex work right is that yeah. emotional labor of right. just giving some lending someone an ear right being there like yeah. holding space yeah i'm um, studying to be a therapist and that is part of it i mean not necessarily the sex work part but like presence mm-hmm. presence is so much more and curiosity presence and curiosity are more important in the work than solving problems or mm-hmm. doing something on purpose or like um fixing someone or yeah. helping them even helping them understand their own problems like that's second or third mm-hmm. compared to like just being there oh, and wow. being present and them feeling like you are present to their life 
that you see them. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. That's more important than wow. anything. And I didn't really know that. I thought that it was like the reverse, that your job is really to figure them out and to strategize. Yeah, well, that's certainly, I think, and, how most people would perceive the role of the therapist. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, that's a little, like, inside track that, that that's the most important thing. And so at the beginning, mm-hmm. if you're starting therapy with anybody, your job as the person in therapy is to kind of be open to that person, the new person. Do you connect? Do you feel seen and heard by them? And if yeah. you don't, you can move on and find somebody else. And they're trying to connect and get you to feel, like, understood by them. So that's really interesting. Yeah. Yeah, therapist is a little bit rent-a-friend also. Mm -hmm. Rent-a-friend who's going to tell you what your problem is, probably (laughs) eventually. Or rent-a-friend that's willing to argue with you Mm -hmm. and tell you that it's, yeah. It's it's like they're going to disrupt your... They're going to eventually disrupt your equilibrium to some extent. So that's, Mm -hmm. like, a different kind of friend. Yeah. Rent-a-challenging friend. That's, right. that's therapy. There's a rental of, uh, not a boyfriend exactly, but someone to, I think also in Japan, to perform as your um, significant other. Oh, I like oh, that. Or events and, you know, was, to just like pl- to do placate that. your family um, yeah. mm-hmm. that's concerned that you don't have a partner. Can you be like a problematic partner? I think we have that too. I mean, isn't I'd that like to do sure? that. I'd like to be yeah. like, I like yeah. the weird girlfriend or like the. Yeah, you should probably specify in your yeah. application like what kind of. I'll yeah. make you look good. Right. I'll make your What's dad. What's realistic? You yeah, know? I'll make yeah. your dad like you because I'm so weird. Yeah. And he'll be like, you're uh-huh. a good person. That girl, I don't know about her. Yeah. I'll do that. Mm-hmm. Problematic girlfriend. And then there's the rent. The more complicated you are, probably the more believable it is that you're a real girlfriend. If you're too nice and easygoing, like that's right. It depends (laughs) on the family. You really have to get to know them and like figure out what their deal is and like where you would fit into that. Well, that's probably part of the service. They're like, tell us about your family, and we'll pick the great develop the ideal fit. Yeah. yeah. We will develop the character. That will get along with your parents Very well enough that won't really rock the boat, but will yes. represent for you like some kind of difference from your family. Right. Do you think it would be diff- a little? different people that they have just different types? They're like, oh, this person is a little bit like, you know, she's like on the angry side. Or the yeah. one person who enacts all these other different ideas oh. like an actor. It's it sounds like an actor. I need to know, and Wait, I want what? to make so it. I want to make a television show about it. Too. Well, it, do they okay. just have several people in their agency that they're like, okay, they need yeah, someone yeah, yeah. who's complicated, a bit literary, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. you know, with an anger streak, you know, right, and so right, like, right. have just that, you know, and that's someone. Josephine, you know, yeah. or if they're just a single, you know, maybe they're just a single person employed by the agency and she plays all these and different roles. They're oh, like a genius. they probably yeah. actually organize them as like blondes, red hats, it's a bit like it's a bit like an acting agency yeah. like it is I, I want to point something out so far all the things that we have rented are things that are inhabited usually by the maternal figure or a woman yeah. in the context right it's so that's like traditional the provider yeah clothing furniture I don't know about so furniture. like in this sphere um, uh-huh. but like in this sphere like knowing about and caring about the internal like in the 1950s yeah. all the responsibilities of that like idealized housewife mm-hmm. these are all the rental that's things very interesting, which yeah. is which is interesting yeah okay what about all the subscriptions for watching and listening oh and yes music right I have yeah I sort of have right. like a, a horrifying trail of those which I'm afraid to look at because I think I need to cancel them all but it's, I'm not even sure what I have it feels really nice to cancel them yeah and particularly it feels really nice to cancel them when you aren't super poor like I, I had to cancel because I was like oh I'm going to school I can't be bringing these with me 
but when you have choice and you can cancel them, it feels really good. The free trial gets me. I know. You know, I'll do like, oh yeah, two weeks, and then I'll set a reminder on my phone and then snooze it, and then... Oops. Yeah, that's how they get you. They know. (laughs) They're evil. I mean, I now think that these, like, I'm trying to get into the, I'm going to work more on this concept, too, and think about, like, what are their, what are the conscious strategies that a lot of these corporations are using and playing with our psychology to some extent? Right. And that has to be one of them. Right. Well, the the gambling method, the, the conspiring quote, have it this form, right? I saved this quote from a book. Um, book called Hooked How to Build Habit Forming Products so um, it starts with a trigger an action a reward and then an investment and it's through successive cycles through these hooks that habits are formed we see them in all sorts of products certainly in social media and gambling this is a big part of how habits are changed and actually I read that um, developing kind of the addictive nature of social media gambling techniques were studied sort of like how you get people hooked and mm. you know the slot machines mm-hmm. um, you know it's kind of the dopamine of the excitement of winning right you have to win and a you little back, bit win a little bit then return for more you know, right. keep pulling the trigger like keep refreshing your feet keep pulling the trigger right. of the slot machine and there's something about autonomy there that's interesting where you feel that you have free choice to some extent so that's where the free trial is. You can always cancel luck. it. Yeah. So mm-hmm. it's like you feel like you have free agency and it's an expression of your individual will when actually what ends up happening is that they come in and they it's an automatic yeah. and they know you're going to forget. But so, don't you also know on some level? Or yes. Yeah. You're, but you conveniently sort of Right. Close your eyes or like pull the curtain well, over that knowledge because like no I can do it whenever I, I have feel very will. coerced by that and because I feel like they know that well we both know yes. that probably mm-hmm. but actually I'm good about that I did put like a a scary note in my calendar for myself to cancel mm-hmm. but you know sometimes it gets a little dicey when you're getting down to the last minute and you're like they're about to charge and you're like no stop that's right <laughs> and maybe they know maybe they know on one level that we like this game like we want to get free, that everyone wants to get free <laughs> stuff so we'll yeah. actually they, they know like on a deeper level that we well, yeah, think we're above the system or whatever yeah. and but the we'll bad fail. guy is going to win yeah I think they and yeah. it seems sort of cheap it's always in this really small increments of money it's like oh it's just mm. What is $10? Right. Mm-hmm. And it's $10 here and $10 there and yeah. there and there and there and there. That's mm-hmm. right. It's a million dollars. That's right. And all of a sudden. But you can cancel it any time. That's <laughs> right. Um, I, there, I had a really sad thing where I, I really like Scott Carrier, who's a, uh, he was a radio personality on This American Life for a million years. And he talks about the American West really well. He's this really interesting voice and talks about the border. Mm-hmm. And he, he does these great journalistic 15-minute pieces. Mm-hmm. And he was one of the first people that, like, I subscribed to his Patreon and was very adamant about it. Kind of before Patreon existed, it was a little bit like give him $5 through PayPal or something. Mm-hmm. And I love the idea of doing that because it did feel personal. He doesn't make a huge amount of money. He's not, you know, a big corporation or anything. And then there was this moment when he felt really sad in his life and he didn't want to make the show anymore and he uh-huh. said I'm so sorry I can't it's not like 
reasonable for me to take your money. I feel like it's immoral. Uh-huh. So I'm stopping the subscription services. Wow. And I almost was like, Scott, it's okay. It's just $5. Like, I believe in this. Oh. I don't believe in my Amazon mm-hmm. stuff. I don't believe in that. I believe in you. Uh-huh. So it stopped. And now he's like back and he's wanting everybody to like re up their commitment and it's really interesting that like it's a very personal and I haven't brought myself to redo it for some reason Uh so I should actually he needs to just automatically subscribe you I mean he's being like he's being so reasonable that it's like that I don't know he needs to be more manipulative he needs to be like Amazon yeah but he's not he's like the complete opposite right of an individual who deserve who like I believe in his service like you know yeah, it's very interesting that the automatic algorithm gets mm-hmm. so much money and it's so easy because they've tricked us and yet this like person-to-person engagement is yeah. more challenging mm-hmm. from a money place. Yeah. I was When we were talking about this, it made me think more about the history of advertising and the uh, documentary by Adam Curtis called mm-hmm. The Century of Self. Have mm-hmm. you seen that? I have, yeah. Yeah, cool. I haven't. It's very interesting. It's about... How Tell many, us about It's it. many hours long. Adam Curtis is a is an eccentric and interesting... How would you describe him? Super left? Um, yeah, I think he's kind of like a... He's into like meta-narratives, which yeah. I'm also into, so I appreciate that. Yeah, I don't know. I feel like he is skilled at sort of drawing all these kind of disparate aspects of political, economic, like mm-hmm. consumer culture, and yeah. sort of putting them all into like braiding them all together into some like yeah. big narrative that kind of makes sense while you're watching right mostly makes sense and i like it yeah. i mean i think maybe for people who are really sticklers for like nuanced <laughs> journalistic <laughs> critiques of things yeah. they would probably find these narratives a bit like flat and reductive but i'm yeah. into that <laughs> well I, I like a sweeping statement yeah right yeah, you know like the, bold if yeah. it's if it's really obvious and true i've watched a bunch of his documentaries over the yeah. years and this i mean the century of self it's like you kind of can't argue with it because mm-hmm. it is i think it's more factual what are some of the tenets so yeah it's he traces the relationship between freud and the history of advertising yeah and edward bernays son his mm-hmm. name yeah was his uh, nephew was freud's nephew I believe. Yeah. And he was got involved using Freud's theories, using drive theory of uh, very early in like 1940s mm-hmm. advertising and changed the way advertising worked in, in the a, US. In the US, yeah. that's important in a couple ways, but I mean one of the one of the really important things that I like to think about with advertising and the history of this stuff is that early advertising was about the efficiency of the product alone. Mm-hmm. So it was like what, is it going to break? How long can you use it? Is it a good, you know, raincoat? Not like is it it didn't have a psychological profile. It's dirty. Will it protect you from the rain? Right. How much rain will it protect you from? That's right. And you can actually look up 1930s, 20s and 30s ads. Gillette's a great example because they were one of the first actual advertisers in the United States. Mm -hmm. And they were, it was very common. And it's so charming to see, I don't care about Gillette, but it's so charming to see how um, concrete all of the advertisements were. And respectful of the psychological, personal Psychic. I don't know. The, Are you a sort of autonomy? Yeah, the auto- but not, they're not so manipulative, I guess. Right. Exactly. So like the the yeah the space of the of the buyer. It was just like a little nod. The product is like, hello, would you like to buy me? And the, you I can disagree. say yes I or not. I think of many many things from like nineteenth century earlier when they do sell um, actually a way of life. And like a your dream. hair is not you know the gentleman who 
didn't notice you today, you know, he will probably notice you if you buy this kind of curling product. That's you right. You know, like, I think they're... Yeah. Maybe in... So maybe it is, in some way, yes, the product works well, but it is how I think it will affect your life and it does right. kind of promise... I think it always promised... Um, a thing. A yeah, that thing. something will... Life will change somehow dramatically. Right. Well, I think that the aesthetics but maybe of the packaging and the shape of the objects promise some kind of like addition yeah. of beauty or mm-hmm. glamour to your life but maybe and the advertisements also developing this theory the functionality well right the so well so I'll, t- I'll tell you the theory maybe we can backtrack it because i do think that advertisements are always about improvement of life and making the product sure. essential to your life, to your life yes. based on beauty health Um, you know, whatever, whatever reason we need a product. But, um, this, this Bernays made people, there's a lot of, uh, talk about cigarettes. So there was this relationship between, or maybe an exaggeration of the idea of freedom and cigarettes and Mm -hmm. relating female, yeah, masculinity and freedom. And then the idea of female freedom in the 1950s and sort of capitalizing on the, uh, World War II, uh, financial autonomy of women mm-hmm. and then adding smoking to like the housewives experience mm-hmm. as like an expression of freedom so knowing mm-hmm. that women were seeking you know more space and then giving them cigarettes as a mm-hmm. way to express that space mm-hmm. and looking maybe looking more on a macro level at what's going on in society mm-hmm. and knowing that a product can meet a certain need in society mm-hmm. so maybe looking at like the female psyche or talking about that more generally mm-hmm. or what they need and um, yeah, and then selling something in a specific way. Um, one of my favorite things about it was like later on in the documentary, they talk a lot about um, they created these uh, identity profiles. So like they sent out all of these surveys to everybody in America, mm-hmm. and they made people check boxes: Are you more adventurous or conventional, and about your you know conservative values? Or do you believe in breaking the status quo? Mm -hmm. So then they developed these identities, these four identities. This was like in the late 60s when Mm -hmm. things were kind of really interesting. And then, and changing, there was a lot of cultural shift. And then uh, they started to market to specific, these specific only four identities. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So then you, in watching the advertisements, like, you know, the Don Draper Coke ad was like a Mm -hmm. great example of that, which was like a real, based on a real Coke ad, Mm -hmm. of like this free, you know, free, thought hippie so if you're like a free thinking oh, right, right, yeah. you know transgressive mind and so coke wanted to as- associate with that mm-hmm. um so then if you're watching television in 1969 and they're using these surveys and these structured identities then you're going to structure your identity based on the commercial right so then it has this like you know what i mean it has like this exactly. thing where the advertisement affects your identity mm-hmm. and they structured a psychological theory of identity to create the commercial mm-hmm. so now we're in like the great grandchild of that advertising wise where there's only three couches yeah for three uh-huh. identities yes oh okay or they're they've been streamlined yes and yeah. the internet has affected it really strongly well the like so like sort of like buzzfeed quiz like that's right you know which something are you which i guess astrology is also kind of on that continuum yeah right? the language of love what actually. game of thrones character are you yes. or like yeah. i don't know right right there's there's what taco bell menu item are you <laughs> <Amazing>. like <laughs> so uh, true like, so we yeah. all have to pick our right. We are a bit of collage types. of objects and cultural references. <laughs> I mean, so much ambiguity. There are so many moments when I'm not anything at all. You know, it's, it's like I'm just like a 
bubble floating through the air. I, I think I am at the moment. I you are very, very much that. Yeah, so, okay. I think I'm a soap balloon. Nice soap bubble. I want. I will watch you rise. But um, that's such you know. There's different kinds of bubbles. You're the soap bubble. <laughs> <laughs> Can we sell you a yeah. other what, what? champagne bubble? Uh, palm will leave. <laughs> yeah. I'm just probably um, a housing bubble. Ooh. Um, yes. I'm a, I'm the leftist bubble before the election. Oh. Um. <laughs> be before it burst. Yeah. Um, can you guys think of a moment when you the last time you got really excited about a product? I'd be honest, because like, oh, yeah. right? Because like, I I feel you really mean, like lost. a new thing that we bought. Yeah. Or that we just found out about. Our, yeah, or not to it's sell it. shoes for me. It's always I know, shoes. I was thinking about what your gets shoes you. My six, six shoe fetish. What? Yeah, like what gets you? What are you like, oh, I'm on board with that. Oh, uh, I think I just get this idea that's seasonal. I don't know, I've talked so much about shoes on this podcast, but I suppose that's just my fate. And I get excited about the season, and then I start thinking, what is the perfect shoe mm. to for the season? And then, you know, some idea comes to mind, and I'm like, clog you know and then uh, I start looking at clogs there was like inevitably <laughs> bubble, like, like literally light some candles and yeah. like somehow you know I think I think about okay. it some, someone you get it's in the back of my mind of inspiration like, you know it's like after person, meditating on the yeah yeah, okay. yeah I'm like what is the fashion uh-huh. right now um, and so then of course you start googling clogs and so mm-hmm. then what happens is um, you know Facebook and Instagram they have this piece oh. of software called Pixel mm. and it is embedded on different websites so that they basically you know as you stroll about the internet you mm. live a little you live little pellets your, your trails okay, <laughs> am I a rabbit? yeah and so basically I don't want to okay. be an internet um, rabbit that's marmalade actually. <laughs> wait what <laughs> you live a trail of marmalade oh that's whatever and yeah but so you great. visit a website and then this pixel thing records um, you know it records you and then so when you're back on Instagram it will you know show you that product but it will also remember as some some other advertiser of some other shoe company for instance is building their ad because we're in the database I'm in the database as someone that likes clog I will get clogged into this other yeah. um, targeted audience um, you're not going to rest until you've spent your life savings and so basically and so after I sort of do this burst of googling I'm then presented with many varieties of clogs inevitably one wow. you know gets me with its particular diamond toe and like just the right side you find of the each heel. other you romantically then, find each other and I just across imagine how I will crowded internet club about <laughs> and like clogs um, and, and yeah and then, and then this history and once it arrives well, I feel I mean and then sometimes I feel really good and I'm like oh this is perfect and I really enjoy the shoes but this time this was like this went to like next level the shoes were so expensive but it was my birth. It was almost my birthday, and you know, of course, it was a great excuse to do this. And um, so and it allows you buy near your birthday. They're really they only cost half as much as you pay for them, right? You have to sort of mm-hmm. knock off fifty percent mm-hmm. because you're going to be there. Yeah, yeah, exactly. So this was the most expensive pair of footwear I purchased, and when they arrived, I was strangely disappointed mm. because I thought somehow proportionate to the price so would be my feeling right. but then somehow they were just shoes in the end and wow. so I'm going to make a note for myself about that feeling just I think you should have gotten like myself. a magic lantern 
in the mm, box. That's that true. An extra the genie came out. It would an have been extra worth thing. It. Yeah. Or a, a friend, a rent a friend. Ex- I, I think know. an experience. What if yeah, a friend just kind of holding a rent to like, genie. You're rent look to so genie. Good on yeah. you. <laughs> You can mm. rub a clog and yeah. get a friend. That's what I was thinking. They do yeah. look a little bit like magic lanterns. <laughs> 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 do they do? They do. Yeah. Maybe they that's do. the secret. Maybe you didn't appreciate them. You haven't rubbed them yet. Yeah. yeah. And then they, I wore them like a couple of blocks and they gave me big blisters and I suffered. This is true of many of your shoes, though. I know you. And because you, they're strangely shaped. And you like a strangely shaped shoe that then punishes you Not later. Meant for your for foot. years, this is the yeah. thing. I like this about yours. So, yeah, so, so for you it was shoe. Yeah, and I think I think it's connected like to the idea of experience, you know, but in the end I think the experience is always more transcendent than any object. Yes. And you don't really need the object to have the experience. And I think I'm slowly understanding it even though I preach it, but I don't really truly know it and some you know, I still sort of believe in this advertising method, you know, that the dream. Somehow if I have this object it will take me there. You know. Mm-hmm. I mean I think almost everyone believes in that. I don't, of course, I don't, it's hard I don't, to resist yeah. that, yeah. Mm-hmm. If you just arrange all the visuals you will see this picture. It's like pictorial. You're like, you know, if I can create that picture mm-hmm. uh-huh. life will the happen. future self. Yeah. In a way it's healthy, I think, like to construct an idea of the future self and how they'll be and even an idealized version of it. I think mm-hmm. it's good. You know, like a really depressed person doesn't think about the future and doesn't care what's gonna happen. Mm-hmm. So like it's it's alright to dream of the shoe. I mean yeah. I'll give it my stamp of yeah. two months of education. But um <laughs> but I mean two semesters, sorry. Um but I don't know, yeah, you can end up with too many clogs in the end. What was yours? Do you have one? Oh, my most... Um, Your dream? The last thing that I bought that... Um, the only thing I think it was a bra. I don't really want to talk about that much. And was it an advertised bra? Oh, no, it wasn't advertised. Oh, oh well, I, I did... You saw it okay, I did end up getting this, this expensive jacket because Instagram was just showing it to me every day and it was like torturing me. Ah, and it looked like this jacket... Pixel, pixel. It looked like this 70s French wool jacket that was like a slight... Uh, it's like something I had at a thrift store in like 2003. I had this great like sort of French 70s label. I sort of pictured that it would be something that, you know, someone in a Godard film would wear, but yeah. it's like a truly outrageous um, collar and it's, this, it's like a oh. nice like sort of faded like robin's egg blue not on like the color that no one mm. can see this but mm. a viewer's t-shirt um so anyway for some reason this this like overpriced denim jacket that started coming up in my feed and it reminded me of like triggered memories of this like vintage jacket from my past it was sort of similarly cut mm. it was a realization of like yeah <laughs> my old jacket that was like always too small for me and still too small anyway so yeah, it just was like haunting me so much that I finally just like ended up then, yeah. getting. Then but I waited for it to be on sale. But yeah, I mean, I did feel that it was like just in my. It had sort of weaseled its way into like my subconscious yeah. until, until I had to have it. Right. Um, and yeah, I mean, it's it's um, it's cute, but like yeah, it wasn't like life changing. I don't right. know if it fits that well. Never, never, <laughs> yeah. But I did I did feel that it was like this campaign to like drain my wallet. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah. That like Facebook so and Instagram and, and, and everyone was like, yeah. Right. That's yeah. what's um, crazy about things. Yeah. Right. My friends today. are gonna start like getting paid money to like send me a picture of cute jacket, <laughs> like you know. Right. Yeah, maybe they'll start enlisting your friends. Like you can get money to suggest things to oh, you. Yeah. I was wondering yeah. if there were any like mechanisms like that. If like, but there aren't. Okay. I don't think so. Talk about like a Netflix show. Way. Yeah, or yeah. like people That's, cross. That would be really messed but up. Yeah. You could do. I think it happens sometimes with certain services. I do feel like well, you can sort of refer someone. You can refer someone. Oh, that right, helps, right, you know right. what I mean? 
mean? Like yeah. you can, you do a lot of services will have that. Like you know, refer a friend, and you will get right. five dollars off from you. But your next yeah. tomato. Well, something. there's like Instagram influencers, right? So they try to get their followers right. to get stuff. Mm. But what if it was on like an individual level? And I was just like, Yelena, buy the clubs, you know? I think. And that then I got like a little bit idea. Back. Yeah. Yeah. Oh my god. Mm. Is that, yeah. that going to be our startup, or this is? I'm like up? already thinking you're my friend. I'm going to ma- be able to make the most money off of. Uh, what? So wait, <laughs> do you see their list? Do you see their yeah. list yeah, of products? You're seduced by like beautiful clothes and shoes. Well, yeah. wait, do you see their list of products, and so you know? So you're like a well, spy. if you know, she knows. She had the friend, so she had the friend who will yeah, yeah, yeah. will be seduced by these things. So she just she just needs to I'll target. curate them for my so you know. So this <sighs> company just pays people. You know, to like find you know what your friend friends, and you know yeah. what they like. They, she she knows my she's like my algorithm. Uh-huh. Yeah. She knows human my algorithm. algorithm. She's my <gasps> human algorithm. Someone's uh-huh. gonna take this so, idea, or maybe I plug in items that she already has. Like I answer a huge list of yeah. questions. About yeah, yeah, and then they decide because you see and them. Then they propose and then she and I tries to promote it, it casually, yeah. walking by a store window. Or, yeah, but just hey, check out. Yeah, I saw this really cute. It really look really good on you. Yeah, it look really good on you. I'm scared. Um, or maybe it would be just an algorithm that sort of... Maybe it would be someone who pretends to be a friend. Mm. Yeah. Rent so a pretend... How, rent wait, a fake friend. I'm, I'm confused because I was like, wait, what if it's someone rent that an sounds, enemy. It writes from Emily's account, but it's not actually Emily. Like, she could forfeit Oh my God, her, yeah. I can um, have some rights doing this. To her... <gasps> yeah, and someone else could be doing it. So just, like, allowing them to um, inhabit Spy. her yeah. digital Horrible. presence... And from there, yeah. like a Trojan wow. horse, you totally. could you like, could ruin yeah, like some kind of vision. virus. Yeah, you have to go virus. Well, right. people do that, right? That's you like they, when they um, hijack your Facebook yeah. or whatever your but you, social security number. But you're also like a spy, so yeah. so you're doing it really well and using yeah. your person. Yeah, that would ruin society entirely. Yeah, like all you relationships know, would become especially strange. if you write. Start trying. You remember, now. like when um, Gmail would like was like scanning your emails and like putting the ads on the side. Yeah, and if you like if you were like complaining about something to your friend you'd suddenly be like depressed you know what I mean like lonely like yeah I imagine you write to me and you're like I had a bad day and then I'm like check out this jacket (laughs) and I would I wouldn't even I'd be like in the kitchen cooking and my phone would just be like that would be so evil that connects to the corresponding to your mood or you'd be like I feel good today and I'd be like cool check out this lipstick (laughs) oh my god oh that's like the lipstick of the color of your day (laughs) you know what this is the happiest color that I've seen today are you going on a date oh why didn't you go to this restaurant they have 5% off your friend just like turns into a creepy robot but also kind of like that on the first episode that we did, we we played with the uh, the robot, the replica, the yes. robot therapist. Mm-hmm. It's a little bit like that. Where your phone will just like I love it, just like automatically send yeah advice, but I'll, oh, or I like need help. A robot therapist. Oh, we tried. It didn't work very well. Oh, really? We can no. we can redo it. it is Does it call like, the police if you say that you? That's a good question. Think you're hurting yourself or something? No, no I that don't seems irresponsible. So. Yes. It actually had no boundaries from what I the reviews no. that I read. Some apparently. It, it said something to someone that it's okay to um, right. someone said should I cut myself and they were like oh yes a little trimming now and then is good <laughs> oh wow yeah, yeah. It was, I mean I, I'm, I don't think I'm saying it exactly but that's the gist of it essentially but I just like right. also the idea of someone pretending to be an algorithm who's a human you know so you I think know. it's a large algorithm oh is that how it works <laughs> no but oh. that was that was the mechanical Turk that was another first great robot. job yeah the mechanical Turk you know the, the mm-hmm. chess playing Turk uh-huh. that was sort of the first automaton but 
essentially. Uh-huh. So it looked like a robot. It was in the 17th century. Okay. And was, the idea was that you could play chess with this robot. But of course it had a person inside it playing chess. Uh, but they presented it as a fake, you know, as so a So when the, 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 the technology isn't caught up to the concepts, mechanical I guess. engineering. I want to see that oh, person that. move. So yeah. they were just doing the robot? That's awesome. They were pretending. It's like to a be. wizard of so Oz. It was, sort of a, it was like a computer, essentially. Yeah. Yes. They were cool. But yeah. It was oh, what other what other like seventeenth century oh, robots can we remember? We knew some. Uh, the mechanical duck, the defecating duck, as That's well. That's right. Um, <laughs> For some reason, what we researched defecate? all of this like very carefully ago. many years ago. We were they all have an up on our interest in, in, in robots, technology, in and fun robots, how it, uh, right? The rules of place. The cat, the cat piano. That well, we was have a performing object. The cat piano. Do you know about the no, defecating duck? Essentially, would like you know, it had like a pipe, and you could pretend basically you, you like, filled it with it. duck shit, and then <laughs> um, first you have to go get some duck shit. Yeah. Grinder. Yeah. That's a how this robot. A subscription yeah. production. That's how this yeah. robot works. It's yeah. just gonna automatically renew. Yeah. Well, the cat piano is really vicious, so you get cats yeah. with different pitch meows, and yes. you arrange them. Um, That's the hard part of this robot. Oh, so I think I maybe I heard you guys talk about this on okay. before because it sounds really. Oh good. dear, is this the second time we've talked about the cat? Yeah, yeah, maybe or maybe I don't know. It sounds familiar. Right. Well, just I'm just going to for people that don't know, I'm just going to finish finish it. Yeah, yeah. no, 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 tell us. Um, so basically, there's a the cat news. per little note that sits in a little box, and so when you <laughs> press the key, the cat gets poked. And it meows in okay. the key near the correct, the corresponding like door. And if I sort of sit there, it would be like meow, 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 meow. So it would be like meow, 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 meow. Anyway, so paint meows would come out. Uh huh, okay. And, um, Is that a robot? I'm not sure. Um, maybe. I don't know. It's, it's a blend. Like, it's a blend. It's of, like, like on the beginning. And, and yeah, an animal oh. cruelty. Yeah. And I don't know if it's really <laughs> real. real, real. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> you broke. I'm a little, I'm a little broken today for some reason. Very interesting. Um, oh, I, I just want to say that um, one of my favorite things about the internet uh, is that when buying things on the internet is when <laughs> one thing you order one thing and you think it's a certain size and it shows up and it's very very small. That's oh yeah, like what? I well, a long time ago on Etsy, I tried to order uh, what I thought was a medium size toy buffalo. I don't know uh-huh. why I wanted to do this. It was like a replica. Yeah. And I thought it was like five inches, five maybe like six or seven inches. Well, it looks like twelve yeah. inches. What I mean, you're that's showing. a standard size for it. Yeah. I don't know. Buffalo. I thought like, I was. Everybody knows. You know, I mean, I mean eight inches tops, but really, yeah. it's usually between five and seven. Yeah. Okay. So what yeah, happened? I thought it was standard. Yeah, but I mean, you'd think. Obviously, I thought yeah. it was standard. It showed up. It was like two inches. I was so pissed. And there was no measurement. There wasn't like anything for scale. I could, you it's know, like a dick pic. I like, know it was like a that. bit of a dick there pic. There should have been a toy lion there for scale. I know <laughs> it was. I felt like I had been. I had been bamboozled and did buffaloed. You say I had that? been buffaloed. I hope you left a, a scathing comment, neutral feedback about I, the two small buffalo. I, I, I have a new business idea. I would like to create a subscription. <laughs> Toy buffaloes, very good. Yeah, miniature buffaloes. You know what? In January you get a one inch, <laughs> one inch buffalo. In February you get a two inch buffalo. That's the one you already have. <laughs> as long as I'll know, I know what's going to show you finally get, no, finally in no. December I for the to. holidays, so you guys, you get like a decent size buffalo. I think it should be surprise. No, I don't want a surprise no, size buffalo. That's but not then you just know that you will. <laughs> 
<laughs> a mystery buffalo. If she wanted to do that, she'd just keep ordering them on Etsy. <laughs> That's right. They just randomly show up. <laughs> Haven't you had that experience, though, like ordering vintage things and it's just like yeah. just the total sure. other object than you thought it was and sure. it was your fault yeah. and it cost $60 or Yeah, and then return it. Yeah. This thing is so tiny. That's yeah. tough with vintage stuff, yeah. Yeah. True. Or anything, really. Yeah. And That's because of like size inflation, even if you add like 10 sizes to your, or like, yeah, to your current size, it's still going to mm-hmm. be too small. Yeah. yeah. Uh, like, that's why I don't do nowadays s- a size four is what used to be like a size 18 and you're like oh how am I supposed to do this math <laughs> I know it's too hard. that's why stores are good because you yeah. put it on or touch the bu- you know grab the buffalo put it in your hand mm-hmm. yeah I really and like part of it too and I think this is relates to <laughs> the dream buffalo stores this, sorry I can't stop but the the dream of the clogs you know is that like I never let go of the dream of the ideal object yeah, and the one that I got really. had nothing to do with the other one, and so that one is still out there. Yeah, like, that's I'm, cool. You can keep searching. Yeah, well, I'm done with it. But yeah. um, it was going to do a, like a puppet show about the old west or some shit. So mm. it was like that dream is gone. Yeah. Oh, don't give us an explanation about why you wanted it. It was better when we didn't. <laughs> I'm sorry. This oh, so you had a specific thing. You needed it to be a certain size. Yeah, I mean, to oh, some extent, like I we used it was to, just you, you know. My dream? No, it was that. I didn't know that the object had a function. Back in the back in the day when we would make puppet shows all the time, we would just yeah. sort of go on Etsy and find miniature things. Okay. And then we sometimes we there would be like ten dollars or seven. Like we used to have like what was it? Both of us who did the little couches. Like we would get like I don't know. We were just oh, really were interested into little furniture. Into yeah, like this was this goes back. Years. I like miniatures too. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah. we would like buy miniatures, and sometimes the miniatures would show up and be perfect, and we would put yeah. them in. Thing we would like audition oh. actors basically. I would still subscribe to miniatures every month. Actually. Oh, yeah, that's uh, a good idea. Yeah, it's oh. true. I have a miniature butter churn. Have you seen it? I'll bring it out later. Does it make miniature butter? It could if you had some time. <laughs> From a miniature <laughs> cow. <laughs> Small wow. amount of time, a little wow, bit of cow. milk. You could put make a little bit of butter, and then you could package it up, put it in a Blue Apron subscription box. Wow, <laughs> nice! You could be the producer for the, like the tiny, yes, the tiny amount yeah, of butter. Yeah, yeah. But totally. make sure you put that on the package, like on the advertisement you for the butter. You tiny could cow. Cry, listen. You could cry into like a little jar, let the tears so evaporate, sad. and then you get a little bit of salt for a little. Oh, the tear part is a poem. Isn't it? That's Got so it. emo. It's like a I beautiful like, <laughs> sub- emo subscription. I know. Oh, a subscription to drive tears. tears. Yeah. That reminds me of that like like porn star or so someone many, who like so many job ideas. Yeah, who like sold access sold water, her bath water. water. Yeah. That oh, reminds yeah. me of that. Subscription to the bath water. Subscription to te- to my salt. To my tears. tears. I really can see the That's tears. That's a lot of crying, even yeah. I see I like it. a little paper. And on it, and then you lick it. That's how you know. That the tears. Are you talking about acid? <laughs> yeah. The tears. Oh, you cry into oh. this paper. You can taste you cry, the tears. You cry on the paper, and then you send it. That's what you send. You have like the salty piece of paper. It's oh. like a posted stamp. I think it's that you lick. Oh, it, and then you okay. Taste that's the a salt. way to kind of um, consume someone else's pain. Sorry. That's right. And okay. some are acid, and you but don't you can't know use which it. one. It's not enough to cook with. <laughs> She's very practical. It's going to be emotional soup. Because I'm just Emily. thinking about miniature things for the blue apron, though. Like emotional soup. I just uh-huh. think it was an emotional. The miniature like emotional experience. The well. miniature subscription has lots of different branches, and you can be part of the okay. food part. I love. I, oh, I I'm really into miniature um, wooden fruit and nice. Um, like mushrooms. Really, oh, wow, bitch. Wooden mushrooms. Yeah. What emotional? I have a marble mushroom. 
Mm. What emotional like the need? Idea of Marvel miniature is so impractical. Mm. Yeah. What emotional need? Oh, like who are you hurt trying me? to fill? <laughs> no. Um, no, no, no. I just, yeah, I guess, I don't know. I don't know. Right? Why? What? Yeah. I don't know what's up there with the wooden fur. I guess it's it's very infantile. How how mm. large are the <laughs> the size of the and what size like size are they actually oh, okay. you know standard <laughs> that sounds good size for mushroom not that doesn't sound upsetting at all um, I think we should just go um, go on some sort of measuring trip now and <laughs> measure measure things yeah I think we need to yeah I don't know take it very seriously yes the size of things scale is very important. Yeah. Very important. Okay, well, speaking of the scale, um, I feel like this podcast has reached its optimum size. <laughs> Agreed. Good one. Yeah, I feel like my expectations have been met <laughs> adequately, and mm-hmm. I, I've consumed this time, and it is done. And I hope our listeners feel like, you know, we've advertised properly. And what if they send us back? That would suck. They can send but us they back. they can pay the shipping. They're going to send us back to before we started recording Return the podcast? It. Yeah, I guess oh. so. They want to unlisten? They want to, to unlisten. Uh, they want that time back. Uh, I'm sorry. They want to unring the bell. Too late. Time machine would be a great invention, and um, I would love for... Oh, I probably could... You know, we could rig one, sort of like the mechanical Turk. <laughs> We're and like, okay, time. we told these people that we have a time machine, but we really don't. So we're going to need everyone to dress up in period costumes. <laughs> Jump back one step. Um, oh, we're like, oh, hide the computer that wasn't around at this time. Oh, yeah. that, there's a movie that's like that. Yeah. <laughs> and at one point, someone sees a single penny oh, and it well, brings like, them, like the, them yeah. back to the present day and the yeah, psychosis. Yeah. What was that film? Well, I think for those that do want it to end, um, we could just say, welcome backwards. Oh, good idea. How do you say that? Um, Emoklu. (laughs) (laughs) Emoklu. Emoklu, everyone. Until next week. Um, Thank you for joining us, Emily. Wow, yeah, thank you. It was like fun to um, to crash the pod. Yeah. And to see you guys in person together. We're all together in physical physical flesh. This is like the Sunday Subject HQ. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) It is the New York Department. Oh, wait. (laughs) Headquarters. (laughs) Yes. All right. Ciao. Bye bye.